2. Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Aeneas, the high priest, was there, and so was Cephas, John, Alexander, and the others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become our cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could, not, but since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. And uh, just pray for Douglas this morning as he brings the word. Just pray, Lord, that you speak through him. And we pray, Lord, that every word, it will be anointed and bring a new revelation to us. Yes, In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, and do you mind if I, Jonathan, can I put that down? Is that okay? For now. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> right, it's a bit uh, strange me standing up here rather than there. Um, but let me just get my reading. I've lost uh, the reading. 
Um, Phil, my brother, thank you for that reading. Really well, where are you? Where's Phil? Oh, he's at the back. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Um, right, let's just uh, pray. Oh Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our mind and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for yourself, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay. Um, when I was reading Acts, and you know, when Emmett started um, the first Acts, well, you, you did the first Acts, and um, he encouraged us to read a chapter a day. Um, and of course, when I was preparing for that, I read many chapters in Acts. But the thing that really stood out to me, the word that really stood out to me, was transformation. And that's the transformation of life. So what did I do, first thing? I, w- I went and checked the definition of, it, definition of transformation. Of course, I checked the Cambridge Dictionary. Okay. <laughs> All right. And in the Cambridge Dictionary, it says, the definition, a complete change in the appearance or character of something or someone, especially so that that thing or person is improved. Wow. I love the book of Acts because in it we do see transformation. We see transformation of people, of families, of communities, of churches. Um, How was that all possible? These are the first Christians, early Christians, or the early believers, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Acts 1, if we remember, just before his ascension, Jesus gave his disciples a command. Not, not just a fleeting sentence, he actually gave them a command. And what did he say in verse, Acts 1, 4 and 5? Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he goes on in verse 8 and says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So you will receive power and then you will be my witnesses. Wow. Jesus knew what the power of the Holy Spirit will bring. And he also knew that they, for them to be effective witnesses, they would need that power. They could have gone and tried to be witnesses of Jesus without the Holy Spirit, but we know what would have happened. Without this Holy Spirit, they wouldn't have had the power. Now, I want to particularly look at the amazing transformation of one person. I mean, the Acts talks about the transformation of so many people, but I particularly want to look at wonderful Peter. I love Peter, because Peter is a character. Uh, we know that from the, from the gospel, and we know from, from, um, from, uh, from Acts. Um, 
Peter is a character. Now, before receiving God's Spirit at um, Pentecost, Peter's character was, he was open-hearted, he was loyal, he, he was verbally gifted. He could speak, he, he was never hesitant to speak, but we know he was also quite impulsive. He was weak-willed, and he was fearful before Pentecost, okay? Remember, only a few months ago, what had he done? Filled with fear, he denied Jesus, not once, but three times. Um, and after denying Jesus, he fled. He left Jesus and he fled. He denied knowing the Lord, the Lord that he loved. He denied because he had fear. Um, there are many other occasions in the Gospels we know when Peter was fearful. Even when Jesus, around the time Jesus was there, Peter was fearful. Now, Peter was considered an ordinary man. That's not my opinion. It says in God's word. In fact, um, it says, we just read, Phil read, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. Now, we know Peter was a fisherman. In Matthew, the first, um, he and his brother, they were the first disciples. Jesus saw them and called out to them. And what did Jesus tell them? Come, follow me, and I will make, send you out to catch fish of people. They left. At once they left their boats, their nets, and they followed Jesus. Um, it just, we just read uh, the Sadducees, rulers, elders, priests, teachers of the law, they considered Peter unschooled, uneducated, um, but were they unschooled and educated? Were they ordinary? They said un unschooled and ordinary. Were they um, not, uh, not anymore? At the time of when they were arrested, I don't, well, there are many reasons, and I want to point out three reasons um, why I think they weren't unschooled or um, ordinary men. Now, I'm sure you've heard that famous quote which says, um, God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. And we learn, um, there's so many examples in the Bible of, of that. There's so many examples even in, 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 the, in the New Testament and the Old Testament. So here was Peter, arrested, Peter and John, in front of the rulers, elders, priests. Um, now, I have never been arrested, but I'm sure when, if someone's arrested, it's quite, it's quite a, you know, an ordeal. I know I would be fearful. So here was Peter and John arrested, um, and they were facing all these big wigs, you know, and as the, um, the chief priest, Caiaphas, Alexandra, the others of the high priest family. So they, here were all rulers and priests of Israel. Now these were men in high positions who looked down on ordinary people. And they expected ordinary people to look up to them. So these were the guys. They very likely knew Peter because Pete, this wasn't the first time that Peter was there. They must have seen Peter around Jesus' time and they'd known, known him for a few years, and they, they considered him quite ordinary and, as we read, uneducated or unschooled. But how wrong they were. 
So one is Peter was not unschooled. He wasn't illiterate because he could read. And we know from what we said, but Peter boldly quoted the scriptures to these leaders. He said, he quoted, the stone you, you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Now, he knew the scripture really well, because that's from Psalm 118. Okay, but Peter's also really clever. He's having a go. Here's all these, anyone could be intimidated were all these big rigs standing there. And, and Peter, now, notice how he changes it slightly. He says, puts the thing on, he puts the emphasis on the stone you builders rather than the builders. Psalm, it says the builders, but of course he changes it to them and says you builders. So he's pointing out to them. So he could read. He knew the scriptures just like these guys. He knew the scriptures himself really well. Now, secondly, was he unschooled? Peter had just spent three years with who? (laughs) Exactly. Listening, observing, learning from the master, the greatest teacher of all. Three years with them. You know, we we do degrees in three years and come and say, right, well, we are qualified, etc. Imagine, Peter, three years with the greatest teacher ever. Um, How could he be in school? But these men who arrested, had him arrested, and thought of them as ordinary, also knew that they had spent time with Jesus because they were quite amazed. They knew Peter from before, but suddenly they saw this new Peter. But of course they're proud. They said they're they're unschooled. They're ordinary people. But he wasn't. So that's the second thing. He spent time with Jesus. And the third thing was Peter had received the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Both him and John had done... You know, we're there preaching about Jesus. So, let's remind ourselves what all the commotion was that, why were they arrested? What was it all about? Um, We saw earlier in Acts 3, Peter um, heals a a beggar. Those, I I wasn't here last Sunday, but I know um, Susan, and there was a a little drama, uh, fantastic, so Peter and John went to the temple to pray, and as they came up to the temple gate, which is called the Beautiful Gate, uh, they saw a man there, crippled from birth, uh, and sitting there and begging. Now, all his life, this man had been there, begging for money and for people to su- support him in the condition he was. And then along comes Peter and John. And what does Peter do? He looks straight at the man, and he asks the man, you know, he said to the man, he looked at him and said, look at me. And then he gives this brilliant, dramatic statement. Peter tells him, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then Peter does something else. Having a remarkable gift of faith, Peter, so Peter says that statement, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk, but then he doesn't stand back. He then, with the faith that Peter has, he puts out his hand and lifts the man up. And we know what happened. If you remember from your drama last week, 
the man starts jumping and, 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 and he's amazed, he praises God. And everybody there just witnessed a spectacular, spectacular miracle. Sounds familiar? Somebody else was doing those miracle after miracle for, th for three years amongst a lot of those pe people. Now, Peter didn't straight away, you know, step back and you know, put his collar up and say, yeah, great, I've done something. He didn't take credit for himself. He immediately glorified God, and he went on. So he performed that miracle in the name of Jesus, and then he went on and addressed the onlookers. There's still this boldness in, in, in Peter, completely changed character from three months ago, completely changed. He did the miracle, gave God the glory, but then stood up there and has a go at the people. I love it. He has a go at them. What does he do? I'm just going back to Acts 3, um, 12 to uh, 16. These are the same people who, who, who possibly were there, the same people who not long ago condemned Jesus to, to death. Remember, a lot of those people might have been there that time, you know, in a frenzy, shouting, crucify him. So those people were there witnessing another miracle. And what does Peter say? Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us? As if by, your own, by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses to that. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can now see. Wow. That's after receiving the Holy Spirit. What were Jesus, uh, uh, Peter and John doing? They were being Jesus' witnesses. Jesus said before, wait for the Holy Spirit, then go and be my witness. That's exactly what they, they were doing. Completely transformed character. In boldness they were preaching. And what were they preaching about? The truth, which was the, which was the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then they even radically <laughs> proclaimed that, not, not, not just that, then they started proclaiming that salvation is found in no one else but Jesus. And there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Now, that greatly disturbed the Sadducees, you see, because they, the Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection. So they told Peter and John, look, shut up, in other words, oh, don't speak anymore of the name of Jesus. That Peter and John say, okay, okay, thanks, let us go. That was a close one. No. <laughs> they, they, they didn't. But Peter and John again stood up to them and said, well, you know. And these were supposedly powerful men. And what did Peter say? Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. I love how in 
in Acts 3 and 4, there's so much going on. You know, we, 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 we heard about the healing of the beggar, Peter's speech to the people. They were arrested, standing in front of the rulers, etc. And within all that, Luke, the author of Acts, throws in one verse. And one verse says, and many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. That's it. He throws that in there. You know, all that's going on. Oh, by the way, 5,000 people believed. <laughs> wow. Not too long ago, literally a few months ago, after Jesus' ascension, it says the disciples, disciples um, and believers got together in Acts 1. And they were about... 120 of them. Then in Acts 2, two we see they received the Holy Spirit and then Peter starts talking to people and there were 3,000. And then in Acts 4, they're arrested. They, 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 they perform the miracle. He speaks and addresses to the people. He has a go at them. Even after having a go, they go, yeah, the 5,000 were added now. Ordinary fisherman. Wow. Who Jesus called. What did Jesus tell him? Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Now, these are the people who were the early Christians. They weren't called Christian then. They weren't called Christians till about Acts 11. Um, but they were followers of Jesus. So after these people started believing in Jesus as their Lord, their Savior... And they were baptized. What started then? The persecution. That was the early church. The persecution followed. Persecution began. And the persecution still continues till today. So the other thing I want to, which, which, which to me was what Peter did. So when the religious people, all these leaders, didn't like what they were, they were doing and saying, they were intimidated, you know, they felt this is not right, they told Peter, they tried to intimidate them. Uh, but Peter and John stood up. They weren't intimidated. They boldly stood up. Um, but then they were released. Okay, they released them and they ordered them not to speak about Jesus. Like, go away, don't speak about Jesus. But did they back off? No. They didn't go, Peter and John didn't go away fearful of what will happen to them if they're continuing testifying or the fear of being killed. They, they didn't have that. No, they didn't. But what did they do? Not, what, not our reading, but a bit later on. They went. The first thing they did was they gathered together the church. So they were released from these people. I said, we'll gather all the believers. They gathered for what? To have a party? No. What they did is they prayed. They brought everyone together and they prayed. Now, they recognized that these leaders were intimidating them, or trying to intimidate them, who were, but they were not acting from God. And these guys said, they're not acting from God. They don't have God on their side. We have God on our side. So instead of fretting and running away, they came together in front of God. Let's, to get, let's come together as a church to God. And they had an amazing prayer meeting. Together, what did they do? We can read that they praised God. 
thanked him that he is with them. They asked God to stretch out his hand and perform mighty signs and wonders and miracles to give them boldness to preach the gospel. And what happened? Their prayer was genuine, powerful, led by the Holy Spirit, that that whole place shook. Wow. (laughs) That must have been one powerful prayer meeting. Who were they? Ordinary men and women. So it's okay to be ordinary. But when we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, and you receive the Holy Spirit, you are not ordinary anymore because you're filled with God's Spirit in you. Now, God is attracted to weakness. You know that from the, from the, from the word. He can't, but he can't resist those who humbly and honestly admit they desperately need him. Okay? Our weakness, in fact, makes room for his power. So, that's the drama with Peter. That's the transformation of Peter. Well, what about our faith? What about us? Do we need the power and the filling of the Holy Spirit today, like the early church? Yeah. What, what can we learn from Peter? Do we need transformation in our lives, in the way we live? Do we want to have greater courage and use opportunities to speak about Jesus? What do we consider boldness and, and, and bravery? There's so many, so many questions that come. Now, I do know in our, in our walk of faith, there will be times when we are fearful. Fearful or, I think we might also call it embarrassed of what people will say when they find out we believe. Especially in a secular world. And I'm speaking a lot about myself now. Fearful of speaking out. And sometimes we are fearful of speaking out um, of any, an injustice in our community or workplace. Fearful of saying no to activities that would compromise our faith. Fearful of seeming foolish for having a faith. Now, I have in the past been, in the past been guilty of that. My biggest fear of people knowing that I was a Christian or I'm a Christian was that they wouldn't take me, me seriously. But that's because I'm relying on myself. I'd just like to share a very quick story with you. Um, I have been supporting a friend who was going through a lot of um, issues. Um, He was, you know, he was hurt, angry, a lot of things. Um, I just used to meet him, and he would just offload onto me. Um, I would listen because I had no no answers. I, I, I could list just, you know, and he appreciated that listening, but I didn't have, you know, proper answers to give him about his issues and, 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 and all, all, everything that he was going through. Um, and I would just listen to him and then go away home and then meet him again after a few weeks or months or whatever, and then the same thing would go through and then I'd go away. And it really made me think, and I, I, I was praying for him, But I would come away 
frustrated uh, because I just felt I wanted to do more. First of all, the, the Mr. Fix-It comes in when I'm trying to fix this thing. I don't know where I could fix it. Um, but one day, I was meet, meeting up with him for, to go for a walk, and I really, really prayed, and I said, God, lead me. This is the first time I really spoke, I asked God for his spirit. I said, lead me, be in my conversations, etc., with, with, with him. Um, we met up, and literally, within the first few minutes, he was pouring out um, all his issues. I, I listened to him, but then I suddenly stopped. And we were on the river from, you know, the one that you go all the way, all the way there. Um, we were walking down the river, and I stopped. Um, and I said, do you mind if I pray for you? And he went silent, and he went, okay. Okay, you know. So I said, so we continued walking, but while we were walking, I prayed for him. Um, and I still remember, I, I prayed, but it, it was not my words. That's one of the experiences I had where the Spirit really spoke to me when I prayed. So I prayed for him. Not a very long prayer, but I did pray for him. And then there was silence. He, he said, all he said was, thank you. And then he didn't say anything else. And I didn't say anything else. And we walked a little bit more. Suddenly he stopped. And he turned around. And he just gave me a big hug. And I was just, just amazed. I just felt, when he gave me that hug, I just felt that, you know, that, that peace. And the peace that came through me somehow came across into him. And I know he didn't talk about anything. You know, we talked about a few other things, but a lot of it was silent. Um, I've met him many times since then. Um, he still has issues. <laughs> um, he's still hurt. But what I have seen in him is quite a change in, in, in peace for him. So that's, that's an example I just wanted to give you. And it was just, I could have done that many, you know, meetings before. But it's never, it's never too late for us to, to ask for the Holy Spirit. So sometimes I feel like too many, many, many Christians, we are quite timid because we don't believe enough in the power and the authority that Jesus has given us. Now, Jesus has... We, we sang a song, you know, um, there's power in the name of Jesus. Jesus says in Luke, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. That's the authority, not from anybody. It's from Jesus. He's given us the authority. And we need to stand firmer in that. Um, in, in 1 Corinthians, he says, um, in Corinthians, it says, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus so I encourage you to hold on to the promises of God. Let them stir up the spirit within you. It's not anybody. It's Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, and our Savior who has given us authority to overcome any kind of adversity. Remember, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the, of the world. 
So regain strength, courage, boldness when we know the word of God and when we practice prayer. When you think of prayer, think of power, think of strength, think of courage. Because we are children of God. When we pray, that's when we are empowered. That's when we are completely revitalized. More prayer, more power. That is exactly what the Bible says, to pray without ceasing. The Bible also tells us to watch and pray. And what better example than Jesus? Jesus prayed for everything on every occasion. Before miracles, after miracles, before healing, after healing, in the morning, in the evening. Right up to going to Gethsemane also, he prayed. He prayed for himself, the disciples, and the non-believers. Now, Jesus was born of flesh and became man. So he needed the power of God's Holy Spirit in his life while here on earth. Now, although he was the son of God here on earth, Jesus always humbled himself in prayer before his father. And there's so many examples. He humbled himself in prayer. You know, he didn't walk around saying, I am God. <laughs> Came to his father. And um, what Paul says in Ephesians, when we did Ephesians last year, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that make so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, through faith. How can we have more courage? Very quickly, I just a few weeks ago I read um, a reading on the daily reading, and it really spoke to me. It said, God so often tells his followers not to be afraid and then gives encouragement Encouragement to boldly move forward in obedience, courage, and trust. While fear may spur us to action, love is a more powerful motivator. We will do out of love what we would never do out of fear. So divine love compels us. God, who created this world, who took on flesh to walk among us and redeem us, who died to save us, has given us perfect love. And we demonstrate this love from God by loving each other, even when we are afraid. What a mission God has given us, to both receive his perfect love, to demonstrate to each other, in the process of carrying out that mission, we will find that where love thrives, there's no room left for fears. So I'd like to encourage you to receive God's love. Don't fight it. Don't ignore it. When we wake up in the morning, ask God for a fresh anointing of his Holy Spirit. Every morning, we need a fresh anointing of God's Spirit in our lives. Ask Jesus to, to live in your heart. In our daily life, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can reflect Jesus in our character, in our conduct, and in our conversations. Something that stuck with me when I heard someone say, and this is quite, quite apt for us, you may, as Christians and as believers and followers of Jesus, you may be 
the only Bible someone reads. So, we've heard the story and read the story of Peter and the other disciples over the next few months in Acts. We're going to hear the stories of Paul and other early Christians in the Bible, how their lives were transformed, who loved and followed them. That's their story. So what's your story? Do you want to receive the Holy Spirit and ask him to transform you so that like Peter, you can resemble Jesus more than your own self? One thing I know is that if you let Jesus into your life and believe in him, and let him, let him love you. Your story will include that you have the assurance that Jesus is yours and you are his. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and thank you that you love us immeasurably like Peter and John did. Help us to bear witness to your authority, to stand for what is right and true, to resist fear, and to step out in faith, and above all, to be motivated by your love, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen.